Welcome to Steam Powered Scoundrels, I'm your host, Doug. Now, this wasn't what I was intending on publishing today, but audio ended up getting corrupted, so we're going to have to go ahead and push that back, and we'll get into what that was later. So, I'm going to take this time to go over a bunch of different smaller things that's going on with us, and that uh, may not necessarily fit into their own episode. So this is going to be kind of a potpourri... Uh, miscellaneous steam-powered scoundrels. So I'll go ahead and post what we're talking about in the description. If none of it interests you, then go ahead and skip. Don't want to make you feel like you're wasting your time. So first up, probably the most interesting thing. We'll start with the most interesting thing. I'm going to go ahead and talk about what we've seen so far for the Explorers Society reveals. Now, I believe I've made it known that I'm extremely excited for this new faction and that i plan on sort of switching over to them to have them being my second faction besides arcanists they look really really freaking cool and we've done some speculation stuff on them before we've seen a lot of sort of bits and pieces from the waldo weeklies over the past six months roughly six months so i'm gonna go ahead and disseminate some of that give you some ideas that i have for certain things and we'll see how much of that pans out Okay, first up are the Deva, which were revealed quite a bit ago, which appear to be very slender, shadowy-looking men with uh, sort of pointed features, and they're wearing nice clothes, but if we quickly look up what the Deva is... Now, if we Google it, the vanilla Wikipedia entry doesn't give us a whole ton of implications as what they are at least uh, upon initial reading i could probably just dig into this and probably find something somewhere else but we're gonna actually go to the supernatural fandom page here because it right off the bat it sort of connects to what the deva are it says it's an ancient demonic creature of shadow a special kind of demon it's supposed to be very brutal and vicious so, despite these looking like dapper chaps, they might be like some kind of attacking fighty models. Which, that would be fun. But they are of the Umber keyword. I, I would assume they're the Umber keyword because later on we get this poem from Waldo Wakely, the Waldo Wakely, that the last line of it, if you click on it, so you come up with some new artwork, which is of a much bigger, scarier-looking shadow dude called a Brocken Spectre. And underneath him is Umbra, and that's usually where keywords are situated, so Umbra being a shadow. Scientifically, the inner portion of a shadow that's cast by an object, often used in reference to, like, eclipses, where if the moon or the earth from where you're seeing completely covers up the sun's light that's what you'd be considered to be in the umbra so lots of shadow stuff going on in here brock inspector itself is its own like light phenomenon yeah you can go ahead and look those up i'm not gonna go ahead and relook up all the stuff i did before sorry about that but so we're getting lots of like shadow and light motifs or like interaction with light and something interesting so there might be a bit of duality in this theme somehow like the poem where we find the artwork for the brock inspector 
says, uh, have you heard the story about the man of one and two? Which sort of implies duality. And sort of light and darkness always being uh, duality there. You can't have shadows without light. And the Brock Inspector has got like this weird technological collar thing going on. And there's different colors on the the technology that seems to be binding him down. The, the poem implies that whoever the guy is that it's talking about, probably the master, is binding these shades to his service. And I don't see any reason why they would specifically have two different colors split sort of down his middle, where, like, the technology on the left side is blue and the technology on the right side is glowing purple. So maybe some kind of, like... Deva before maybe we'll get something that's like a light version of that or something I'm, I'm not sure but yeah this this is a pretty mysterious keyword and something i was not expecting from the explorer's keyword i'm not entirely sure what is exploratory about this but i'm sure the fluff will work it in and i'm glad it's not all just like explorers from different sort of biomes which I think I guessed at one point, and that's probably not going to happen. But it's more—it's more varied than that. So good, so good. That's—it's better. It's genuinely better. Moving on to another keyword that we don't know yet. Step back for a second. Talking about the Umbra keyword, this is almost definitely not going to happen because I feel like they would have. Well, no, that would have been a giveaway. It would be fun because this is maybe some kind of. Sh- it's definitely involving shadows. Maybe they could. Maybe they can include the Bandersnatch, like come out with a new card and put the the Umber keyword on the Bandersnatch, because that's like the most obvious thing for me to tie it into it. But I don't know how you'd balance that. People don't seem to really like the Bandersnatch, from what I can tell in Neverborn. So, and there's already like we'll get to it, but there's already an inclusion uh, between Neverborn and Explorers, so that'd be kind of fun. So on to the other keyword that I'm don't know yet and while there's they're kind of like evil looking as well like the shadow guys um they're not really shadows themselves so i think it's another keyword as opposed to being in the same place as the being from the same sort of origins as the shadow people and that's these spider guys uh we know one of them we know their name uh the spell eater that came out with the card for that but parts of it blacked out including the keyword so we know that they're working with Sonya Craig because they have the Witch Hunter keyword and they like to eat magic. And they've got six eyes, which is really fucking creepy. <laughs> they're really unsettling looking. And I guess that would mean that they're not spiders because spiders have eight eyes. I apologize, I can't count. I'm not sure if there's any sort of creature out there that naturally has six eyes. Quick Google. Okay, I'm wrong. Apparently there are a couple spider species that have six eyes. So we're going to go back to calling them spider people. Wonderful content here. So we know the spell eaters are a thing. They came out with a little bit of fluff, like the guild acquisition form talking about them. The thing that very interests me is is, uh, analysis indicating host is not a single entity, but becomes part of a greater blank that allows almost limitless communication with other, I'm assuming, things of its species or whatever. Um... I think this is like a hive mind? That seems to be what it's like implying. It's like host and then a greater part a part of a greater thing. So there's like I don't know, like I don't spiders are not 
hive-based creatures, thank God. Huh. But, yeah, the implication of a host and, like, how frickin' creepy it would be makes me think Weird would want to do that. Like, Victoria had that suggestion of, for something, of there being, like, I think it was Explorers and Rather... No, Explorers and Neverborn of, like, a version of that fungus that sort of took over the minds of people, but applying it to, like, Malifaux, as, you know, making it Malifaux, and so we've got, like, shroom people just wrecking place, and these don't look like... Uh, these don't look like mushrooms at all, but, um, I mean, like, if they're taking over people then it would still be like a host dynamic. But we'll see what that turns into. And then we got another um, artwork. I don't really think there's anything in there to disseminate it, except for kind of linking it to another thing. So, it's some sort of, like, parasite thing. Not mushrooms, because I figured there would be some sort of, like, mushroom-type growth coming out of them, so... Something's, like, taking over people, making them grow extra eyes for some fucking reason. And uh, we also get this, like, dude with a book. He's wearing a nice... He's wearing a nice outfit. He's got a book. He's got the creepy long fingers and, of course, six eyes. And I would guess that the six eyes is being kind of, like, the moniker for them. So if you are a part of this keyword, you've got six eyes. And one thing that, like... If we go with down that rabbit hole, I want to look back at the newspaper we got from uh, 2019, because uh, there's two things in here that I really, really want to point out. So, we've got some sort of, like, host high mind thing. Not Tyranids, obviously. We got this little blurb that says, We have seen a dramatic decrease in those suffering from the dreaded blackout sickness. Victims are known to suffer short-term memory loss, enlarged pupils, and exhibit strange behavior. Thanks to Dr. M. Stanley's diligence, perseverance, and gumption, the sickness is no longer a threat. We all advise patients keep dry, travel often, and read as much as possible. Now, if there's some sort of, like, parasite going around infecting people, getting them to do what they want... Wouldn't they want uh, those victims to, like, travel around and spread the parasite more often? And, I don't know, like, the read as much as possible makes me think it's, like, some kind of, like, knowledge-seeking thing? Because that would also tie it in with the dude with the book. Because that's all we can really read from him is he likes books. I don't know about the keep dry thing. Spiders aren't afraid of water, as far as I can tell. Maybe that's just, like, their kryptonite. And going off of that, I would venture to guess this Dr. M. Stanley is the master. Would make sense. If he's, like, if you look at this, like, some sort of infection, and there's this doctor who's like, oh, no, it's not a problem anymore. Also, travel as much as possible. Then he's going to be, like, the person spreading it. So I think Dr. M. Stanley is the master of whatever this keyword is. But let's move on. We can go over Lord Cooper real quick. Absolutely love the idea of a Teddy Roosevelt character. I've said it many, many times. We finally get a Rifleman Master. Hooray. And I thought it was just going to be like a bunch of hunters. Like, sort of hunter-explorer things. Maybe people from different biomes that are known for hunting. But then we got the dinosaur. <laughs> we got the Malifo Malosaurus Rex reveal. And that 
like it didn't and what that theory didn't necessarily go out the window, but now I'm assuming that he's not necessarily just killing everything he comes across. He might be the idea of like respecting something he's hunted so much that instead of killing it, he like tames it is my idea. So like the Malasaurus Rex being a big sort of thing he's hunted and he's managed to best and it was such a great hunt that instead of killing it, he pulled a Marcus and made it his best friend. Oh God, I want an old scold for Cooper just riding this thing, please. And it's a fae. So hooray, Neverborn, you get this thing. I have no idea how big it's going to be. I, I think I've gone over this, but it probably can't survive anything bigger than a 50 millimeter, but how are you going to make something that, how are you going to make a dinosaur fit on a 50 mil without it being disappointing? But anyways, that's the one little bit extra from Lord Cooper's keyword, Apex. And I would venture to guess he's going to be the first keyword we see printed, just because we've seen more about him than really anyone else in Fluff. Okay, Tidecaller. I'm going to call it a water golem. It looks like a water golem. It's a water golem, willing a anchor. This, I think, is a new keyword. So we've got... I think seven keywords, if this guy's new. So we got Apex. We have Frontier and Wastrel that we already know of. We've got whatever the shadow... Uh, Umbras, yeah. we got Umbras. And whatever these spider dudes are, if they're not also Umbras, I don't think they are. As well as Winston Finnegan's, which we'll get to later. And none, none of those like themes really fit Tidecaller, so... I would venture to guess it's another keyword. Um, there was a, like a letter that came with it. No, it was like a, a list of stuff talking about the tide collar. But it's just talking about how they like managed to like animate water more or less and turn it into this water golem. But if we're looking at water and ink and exploration, this might be like our seafaring explorers keyword. I don't know what an EVS is. That's the one like name that comes out from this besides there's a harada which i think is some character maybe the other part of the keyword um who's got the magic to sort of create these things so maybe maybe the master maybe the master is this harada person add selective restrictions restriction key to let others utilize tide color in our absence so these our people i would assume is this this keyword because if this was I mean, it still could possibly be just a versatile model, but it seems like a weird thing to have for a versatile. Like, most of the versatiles have some sort of a, night, uh, a fluff backing behind why other things can take it without the tax. So I don't know if this is saying that it's a part of this new keyword, this seafarer keyword, or if it's going to be a versatile, but it just seems weird to me for it to be just a vanilla versatile without an associated keyword. And it says, prefers to use EVS's anchor as a weapon. Keep spare handy just in case. Okay, so EVS is some kind of ship. I'm going to guess it's a ship. Some sort of sea vessel. Because it's got an anchor. Not a lot of things have an anchor that isn't seafaring. And since it's a giant water golem, I mean, ocean, come on. I don't know who this OB is that signed this letter. But there's a lot here to kind of like guess at and unfold. And I'm really hoping for... A more explory explorer, since we've got Apex, which I think is... Apex and Waster are kind of what you would... 
the closest to what you would get for the idea of an explorer. And then Spider Dudes and Umbra really not fitting that role too much. Frontier's okay. Frontier's pretty good as far as sticking to the explorer idea. But if I'm thinking like seafaring and exploration, I gotta think this might be a Jules Verne reference. This might be like not necessarily a direct reference, but the idea of like a 20,000 leagues under the sea exploration crew like going into Malifo depths or something like that. I really like that idea. Like a Captain Nemo type thing. So um, this might actually be, without any other information, this might be my most excited, the, the keyword I'm most excited for. It's tied. It's actually tied because we'll get into the next one that I'm really excited for too. So the last keyword that's been revealed, latest, I guess, is syndicate. And so if that all come, if all those guesses are true, then we still have one that hasn't really shown up yet. No idea what that is. If it's not like generic or like explorer explorers that I kind of want from the group that's tide collar that tide collar is a part of, then that's who I'd want to be from. If like I'm completely off on that, I want like vanilla explorers. <laughs> but Winston Finnegan, goodness, I I put two and two together and I flipped the frick out. First off. He's like they revealed. They revealed the card. They revealed the card, and people got really, really, really salty. And I'll agree, it's good, but also it is obviously still in beta. And I don't think like the beta is probably going to go until Gen Con, and possibly even further if Gen Con gets canceled thanks to this plague. They've got a long ways to go before it's solidified. I don't think this is the original. This is what he's going to end up being. And folks need to chill. Like, I thought it was really cool that they revealed another keyword and a model that's actually been in the fluff and been mentioned in the fluff several times, so that's what I freaked out about, but everyone's just like, this is the end of Malifaux, because they're obviously creeping, there's like mega power creep, and it's going to ruin the game, and I, I'm, I'm exaggerating here, but I wasn't really fond of the negativity, and I don't want to go back to that whole just chill enjoy what they're giving us and assume that they're not going to try to break the game. I'm pretty sure they know what they're doing. Especially, well, I, if people were just trying to be really, really negative and hopes weird saw it and fix the model, I guess. I feel like there's a nicer way to go about doing that, though. But anyways, this is slightly disappointing for me because he's not fat. <laughs> Winston Finnegan was referenced in the Neverborn Fluff book that where the Star Theater, there's a big old fight in the Star Theater, and he was described as plump, so I was kind of open for a pudgy boy, but instead we got um, sexy Tony Stark, which, yeah, that's fine. I would like to think that he spends his entire time during these skirmishes making sure he doesn't spill his drink. Looks like a nice dude, very, very charming. Obviously, that's kind of his how his card goes. He's a charming dude with like some luck-based powers and abilities. It's heavily associated with fortune. I'm not going to delve into that story too much if you haven't read it. But he probably has some ties with the tyrant fortune, which is maybe why he lost so much weight. 
But yeah, definitely like luck based abilities and stuff. But here's the thing that I freaked out about. So syndicate new keyword. Syndicate kind of implies like corporation corporations, right? And we've seen Winston Finnegan mentioned a ton in, I guess not a ton, but a lot in fluff. And we're going to go all the way back to that newspaper again. Winston Dirigibles, who Winston Finnegan owns, runs, is purchased by Rail Conglomerate. Now, the rest of, just, the, rest of the little article there is just kind of talking about that. It doesn't give much away, but... Here's the thing, there is only one rail conglomerate I can think of in Malifaux, and that's that's Condor Rails. <laughs> I am so fucking excited. <laughs> like, Condor Rails owns most, if not all, the railroads in Malifaux. They're basically, boil them down to being kind of the evil, greedy capitalist meme, but I'm sure there's much more depth to them, and it's... One of those side things I always saw in Through the Breach that I kind of like wanted to pan out or to come over to the minis game. And so I am really, really hoping that this wasn't like some sort of fluff mistake and that the syndicate keyword is going to be like Condor Rails. We're getting like our EV, evil capitalists. Hooray. <laughs> I don't know what that entails. Because, like, if you think of it, it's a railroad corporation, then they would have, like, railroad-themed models. But we already have a rail-working crew, so not sure what that's going to be. Maybe it's just, like, several rich people or, like, people representing different industries that Condor Rails has kind of purchased. you got Winston Dirigibles. You've got a whole lot of like, weapons manufacturers that they built out in the fluff, so maybe someone from that, but really excited for that. They mentioned the person that owned Condor Rails, like, Aukman guy. I had no idea how to pronounce that, but he would be my guess for the master then. Obviously, big, big, bad corporate CEO man throwing money at people and doing bad stuff. I'm just, I'm really, really excited for that, if that's the case. And if not, uh, but... That, yeah, that's that's my evidence. So, yeah, that's, I think, everything I wanted to say about all of those. So that's, that's my review of the Explorer stuff that has come out. Some food for that. Next up, Steam-Powered Scoundrels. I actually want to talk about the podcast itself. Today was not supposed to be this particular recording because audio got grunked up, but it was the audio for a best laid plan. If you don't remember what that was, it was me kind of putting my feelers out, trying out a new format where we would talk about... We would have two people play a game, and they would do recordings about their thoughts, their thought process, and, like, hiring and counter-hiring and what they were going to do when they thought their opponent was going to do. And then after each round of the game, they would come back, re-record their own thoughts, separate from each other, obviously. And then, after the game ended, then they would meet and talk about it and sort of go over what went wrong, what went right, what they guess right, what they guess wrong, that sort of thing. And I could put kind of put that on the side because it was, like, a lot of work being able to, like, set up a physical game and then bring in my recording stuff and talk to that and then do it individually without the other person doing it. But guess what? Vast was a thing I kind of forgot about until now. I mean, now is in like the past couple months, and so this makes it a lot easier to do. So I'm really hoping 
that I can bring this about and have it be another uh, way we can entertain you. So, while that one recording was a bit of a bust, we should be putting out more. And that was also um, Roman and Nate. I wasn't involved in that at all. So, there'll be some... There'll be some steam-powered scoundrels content that doesn't involve me. How weird. We're still working on the primers. The problem being is that the pandemic kind of threw everyone's schedule out the window. And as opposed to, like, sort of just seeing who in my group of people want to... There's a specific person I want for the different factions. And if that person just doesn't... Their schedule doesn't line up with mine, it's just not happening. So... I've reached out of, uh, to a couple people today, so those things are still happening. I still have the basing primer to do with my wife as well, and that'll kind of wrap up the hobbying primers that I wanted to do. In a bit, we will actually record um, a bigger version of Friday Night Fodown, for those of you interested in that format. Our fourth year anniversary is coming up on the 23rd. We figured we'd record a big version of Friday Night Phone Down because that's probably the one where we have a whole ton of fun and don't think, take things too seriously. So if you want to submit questions to us that we'll have to answer for that, go right ahead. Obviously, the patrons get first pick. But after that, um, it's fair game, and we like discussing weird things about Malifaux, so go right ahead. Last but not least, I have yet another format I'm uh, planning on doing. These are all going to be, like, named differently. They'll still fall under Steam-Powered Scoundrels. It's just Friday Night Photo and, that'll use, and Best Light Plants that'll use their own, like, title for. Uh, because this one takes a little bit longer to do, and it's called First and Ten. And what it is is me or one of us, I'm doing the first one, obviously, picks up a master that they haven't played before. And then they give their ideas of what's going on with the models, what kind of strategies they think they can do, schemes and strategies that they're good at, just sort of preliminary thoughts. And then they play 10 games. And after that, they come back and talk about what worked, what didn't, what did they start doing because it worked really well, uh, other concepts like that. And I think it would be good entertainment or good insights into how your perspective can change as you play something and maybe give people new thoughts or new ideas on how to play or counter uh, said keyword. And I might sort of fiddle with it a little bit, maybe do like an interim recording where I talk about what I've learned so far after like five games. But I will say you will probably be slightly surprised as to which master I'm doing first. I was not very happy about it. If that's any sort of clue, it's probably a dead giveaway. But I let the Discord pick who I should do first, and they're jerks, and I love them. So that's what's coming with Steam Powered Scoundrels. Lastly, I thought I would do a quick, dirty explanation of how I record podcasts. Yeah, yeah, another, another fucking primer. I'm sure you're sick of this. Hit. But the thought being... I don't see other podcasts as like competition. I just see it as more media for people to be into and interested in this game. So always more the merrier. Especially since not a lot of people want to do what I'm doing, which is the weird stuff. So I, for the longest time, only spent a little bit of money where I could, and the rest was just free. 
I'm putting feelers out for more advanced technology and whatnot, but for long, for most of the existence of steam-powered scoundrels, it was pretty simple. Uh, initially, I was using Skype, and once I started wanting more than one guest, uh, that had to change. So now, and for the past couple of years, I think, I've been using Discord. Discord, you can talk with multiple people at once. And it doesn't have, like, a direct recording setup, at least not yet, so I had to sort of fiddle with that. Now, the te- the software I use for recording is Audacity. Not that big of a surprise for some people, because it's free, and it does good stuff. So I needed to figure out how to connect Discord to Audacity, and that's where I picked up Voice Meter, which is another free bits of software, and that's basically how I take my voice from my microphone, mine and Victoria's voice, and connect it, blend it with the um, what I'm getting in from Discord. So um, if you want the real technical stuff in the settings of Discord, you can go to your voice and video. You've got an input device, an output device. Your input device is going to be your microphone, but your output voice your output device is going to be what voice meter will set up once you install it, which is an input. So once you do that, you open up your voice meter, and it'll have one section for what is coming through your microphone, and one section for what's coming in through the input. And so one of them is what's coming through your microphone, the other one's what's coming from Discord. And then it has two outputs. One of them I set to being my headphone jack, so I can hear what's coming from Discord, but it doesn't also output what's coming in through my microphone. And then the other one outputs to Audacity. And we go over to Audacity, and one of the options for the Audacity microphone is voice meter output. And so everything is combined immediately. I don't do multiple tracks. Uh, it sometimes makes editing a bit more difficult, but it's the easiest setup I could come up with. And that's how I do recordings. And then after I record, lots of editing on my part, as I've told multiple people, I actually breathe like an asthmatic horse. But I'll go through and edit down my breath so they're not so obnoxiously loud. Sometimes I'll miss them, though. Um, there's a couple plugins that you might be interested in. Look up something called Level Speech 2 that'll sort of level out any sort of volume issues you might have had with someone being too quiet or people being too loud. As well as the built-in noise reduction and truncate silence effects. Those are good things to make use of to sort of keep things clean. And after I'm done editing, I put on music from Tech, you know, the Kevin McLeod thing that everyone uses music from. I'm not ashamed. I just, I'm glad I found stuff that I liked. Slap that on, make it pretty, do my introduction. Then I put it out to Podbean. Podbean's the only thing I pay for currently. I think it's like $15 a month. And the reason I pay for $15 a month is because since I'm putting out two a month... Um, it's more data than they're willing to do for the free version. They have a free version, which you can do. And if you're not putting out long-winded stuff like I am, you'd probably be pretty good to just do it that way. But I've managed to run this podcast on like 15 bucks a month. And thanks to my patrons, hey, check us out on Patreon. Please support us so we can do cool things. Um, I'm looking at more advanced tools to make recording easier, make editing easier, and make the whole thing a little bit nicer. 
So if you have questions about running your own podcast, feel free to ask. I'd be more than happy to answer them. I'm not the biggest professional, though, so you could probably find some better instructions out there. But I just let you know that that's what I use, and um, if that makes sense to you, then you can go ahead and use it. But those are the three different topics I've managed to blather on about for 40 minutes. So thank you for listening, and I will try and get out maybe something in the midweek to sort of make up for how short this was. But thanks, and as I always say, fun is always king. Goodbye. Songs used in this production are Villainous Treachery and Five Card Shuffle. All music is created by Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.